Praise the Lord, and welcome to our Wednesday night presentation of E-Revival. You're going to be blessed tonight by the ministry of Pastor Mark Morgan. Brother Morgan is one of our premier speakers in the United Pentecostal Church and teaches and preaches camps and conferences all over, recently preaching the General Conference in the Philippines. You're going to be blessed by this prophetic word of God. And I also want to let you know that starting next Wednesday, one week from tonight, we're going to have a little different format. We're going to call it E-Connect. And we're going to have the opportunity to connect with all of our uh, different uh, members of Eastwind family. And that's going to be more interactive. We're looking to try to get outlines in your hands and have a uh, discussion questions. But that's coming up one week from tonight. But right now, get ready for a powerful word of God from Pastor Mark Morgan. God bless you in Jesus' name. Well, it's an honor to be back with the Eastwind Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay, Florida. Pastor David Myers and staff, amen. God bless each and every one of you. And I trust that this online revival, uh, you know, necessity is what the mother of invention. And so all this stuff that's going on in our country right now has uh, definitely caused us to uh, think outside the box a little bit or to kind of go in a different direction on the propagating of the gospel and ministering so uh, as uh, the revival continues, we pray that uh, God's blessing will be upon it and that it'll be uh, a great tool to reach people and to stir the church and to see the result that the Holy Ghost wants us to see. And also, amen, we're still uh, <clears throat> having fun here on the West Coast and you there on the East Coast. And and uh, so we're glad that uh, God's protecting us. We have had a couple uh, in the church that have tested positive for the virus, but God's been good, and one of them was headed toward it being pretty serious, but uh, God's touched him, and it's going back the other way now, so we're thankful for that. Amen. I'm glad that we serve in a God that is not a God of uh, just yesterday or a God of what he was, but he still continues, and uh, <clears throat> even in our home church, our local service online service i've been talking about what god is and living in the uh, what god is and not living in the if of everything so uh thankful for god's goodness and he is a healer he's a deliverer he's a provider and it's uh it's just best that uh well it's just best to stick with the church and to stick with god's bride and we're thankful for his divine protection and I do believe in that, and I believe in pleading the blood and God watching over and protecting us. Amen. All right, I want to read from Second Timothy chapter 2 and uh, verse number 3. Now, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. I want to take that for a text, and I'm going to go back into an old uh, thought a little bit, and I want to kind of, we're going to change it up a little bit, but I want to talk to you today about awaken, awaken, and I feel a word from the Lord on this, and so today I was asking myself, kind of looking at it, praying and all, that there are two aspects of all this that's taking place right now is... Number one, what in the world is God doing? We need to understand what God is doing there, which personally, this is me, 
uh, <clears throat> my take is on it is that, of course, God is uh, definitely uh, humbling nations, and uh, I think that a lot of nations have become very uh, filled with pride, and just like Pharaoh and all the stuff that's taking place. So there's two aspects to it. What in the world is God doing? What's he doing in the world? And the second thing is, what is God doing in the church? And so, again, I think that at this point, God is humbling our nations and uh, calling our nations to a place of repentance and acknowledging him that it's not because the people are so great, but it's because that God is great and God's blessing and God's goodness has been upon us because we've recognized him. So I think that's kind of what's happening in the world. But today, <clears throat> I really want to focus on what is God doing in the church. And so I'm going to I'm going to go back and share with you some things that uh, happened several years ago, and hopefully uh, some of you may have already heard some of this. But uh, just just bear with me here a little bit because I definitely feel very strong in the Holy Ghost that this is the direction that I need to go. So <clears throat> several years ago, I had a uh, I had a very uh, a couple things that happened in sequence, and <clears throat> I was uh, we were living in. Uh, a, a town in southern Illinois by the name of Anna, Anna, Illinois, and we uh, went there with our pastor, Brother Fletcher, and uh, we were <clears throat> there for a season. And during that time, I can remember I was driving home one night, and it was uh, raining, just kind of one of those uh, misty rains and stuff. And so, uh, but to get to our apartment, you had to kind of uh, go around a graveyard. And so, uh, as my headlights shone out across that graveyard, of course, the drizzle of rain, it's kind of hard to see, but I, the, the headlights caught a, a particular object. I felt very impressed to uh, go look at that object. And uh, uh, Now, I'm not as spiritual as some people. Some of you would have just went on out there in the rain, stood there in the rain, and let God speak to you. But I thought, you know, I'll go back over there tomorrow when the sun's out and... I'm not real crazy about going out in the graveyard in the middle of the night with it raining and and just standing there in front of this statue. So the next day I went out, and uh, the day had cleared a little bit, so I went out and uh, went to that particular object. And the object actually was, it was a statue, and uh, basically it was of a uh, World War I veteran or soldier, and uh, he was dressed with... Uh, uh, the identification of his attire would have been that of World War One, <clears throat> and on the base that uh, that the statue was standing, there was an inscription there that said, uh, basically, to all those in honor of all those that have fallen, past, present, or even future wars, we want to honor you, and this is built in honor of our uh, veterans and those who paid the price, ultimate price, and gave themselves. So I was looking at that, standing there kind of, you know, and thought, man, how uh, how goofy is this? I'm standing out here in this graveyard in the middle of the day now and uh, expecting God to speak to me from a statue. And, uh, you know, I've, I must have lost my mind or something here. But as I, as I turned to leave, I felt the nudging of the Holy Ghost. And this is exactly what... The Lord spoke to me standing there that day is, as the statue is, so has the North American church become. And uh, I was like, what What would that mean and all? 
And then this verse of Scripture came to, came to me instantly that said, having a form of godliness but denying the power therein. Of course, this is one of the traits that the Apostle Paul warned us, not the world, but he warned the church about, having a form of godliness but denying the power. In other words, <clears throat> this statue, uh, it looks like a soldier. It's dressed like a soldier. It has the uh, chiseling of, of uh, rifle and stuff on it. But uh, it looks the part, but there's no life in it. This soldier has never really fought in a battle. He's never crossed the sea. He's never been in a foxhole. He's never been involved in these things. And uh, all he does is he represents a glorious past, and rightfully so, but he represents a glorious past. You know, <clears throat> I think that if we're not careful, uh, we can kind of fall into the same rut to where, again, as Paul made the statement, we have this form of godliness, but uh, a lot of our people are, uh, they're kind of like that graveyard soldier. They're just in, in, in a place of spiritual death, death, and at the same time, they've got this form, but they've never really been in a spiritual confrontation. They've never really been in a spiritual warfare. And so they look the part. They come to church on Sundays. They go through the motions. Uh, they probably support the church. They do all these things. But they've never really fired a shot against the enemy, never truly been engaged with him. And so if we're not careful, we fall into these particular comfort zones. Our churches fall into these particular comfort zones. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power. We've got the look, but there's nothing really happening as far as engaging the enemy or victory or, or doing the things that God has called us to do. So I, uh, I, I looked at that statue and I jotted all that down. And then uh, it, was a, it was a little while later, a few months later, uh, God gave me a very unusual dream. Now, I hope that dreams and visions don't spook you, because if they do, then uh, you may want to go get some coffee and, and walk away right now, because I'm going to, uh, you can come back here in a little bit, amen, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a dream that God gave me. I have no doubt that it came from God, but in the dream, I was uh, walking down a long hallway, and you could see down the hallway several doors, and at the end of the hallway, there was like a big double door, like an exit door. And so as I was going down the hallway, I went into this first room to my left. And uh, when I sat down in there, uh, this uh, chair appeared in front of me. And uh, this, this what appeared to be a woman sits in the other chair. And she lifted her hands and she said, uh, when my hands have touched you, I will have, uh, I will have destroyed you. And so, you know, I don't, it, it took me a while to learn, and, and I appreciate uh, Brother Kenneth Reeves explaining to me as a young preacher, when God shows you something like this as far as uh, in a dream, as far as if you're being attacked by a, a woman, it means it's a seducing spirit. It's going to come through seduction. If you see yourself being attacked by a man, then that means uh, that's the nature to come, and to come very violent, very aggressive. He went on to teach me that uh, that the form of the enemy is either as a roaring lion or a seducing serpent. That's the two natures that he takes on. So in this one, it was more about something that was trying to seduce or be subtle. 
And so uh, she began to move her hands closer, and I was pleading with her, asking her, please don't do this. I, You know, uh, my family, my home, my ministry, you know, and I was just a really uh, probably in my early 20s when all this happened. So <clears throat> just as about the time that she was to connect and touch, uh, it, it really felt like somebody poured like a, a hot liquid or oil or something, and it just... It, it, it just something began to run in my spirit in the dream. And this boldness came to me, and I kind of snapped my head up, and I said, you can't touch me. And this cynical laugh was, and why can't I touch you? And my statement back to her was, uh, because his, blood, his name is greater and his blood is more powerful. Now, when I said that, she reacted, and, and she pulled back, and she said, don't say that again. Well, you know, I, I'd kind of been battling something for a few months there. I didn't understand what it was, but in the dream, I think God was showing me a little. And so I, uh, I said it again, this time with more anointing, more force. I said, his name is greater. The name of Jesus is greater. His blood's more powerful. When I said it, she disappears. Now, later, God told me, I can remember uh, preaching in Jackson, Mississippi with old sister Frazier, and they brought her up one night after service his old blind prophetess, and she said, uh, God has given you two revelations, but the third one will make the first two dim in comparison. And uh, she mentioned about the name and the blood. And then later I realized, as God began to reveal to me, uh, that he said, my word is above my name. So God began to show me the three weapons and the three things that were vital is the name, the blood, and the word. And so <clears throat> I, I come out of the room. Let me go back to the dream. I come out of the room. I walk down. There's another door there on the side, and I went into that room. It, it dealt with a lot of uh, my personal family, biological family, uncles, aunts, cousins, and so on and so forth, uh, people that at the time they appeared to be living for God, but in that room I seen that many of them had walked away from the things of God, and God was showing me these things, and in some ways it was very grieving and all. And then I come back out of the room, and I come down to the end of the hallway, and I stood there at the end of the hallway at these doors, and I was just like, I don't know where to go. And the Lord said, this is the door to your ministry. I will open it, and you'll go through it, and I will go with you. Uh, instantly, those doors opened, and I stepped out. And when I stepped out, there was like I was on a just a little platform, a balcony. And uh, you could see, I mean, uh, just a, a great distance off. And uh, when I looked, I seen uh, people, and uh, these people were uh, standing close together. And I said, who are these people? And in that dream, the Lord spoke and said, uh, this is the North American church. And I looked at them, and I said, uh, but they're, they're, they're asleep. They're dazed. It's, it's like they, they, there's no life there. It's just, and uh, yes. And he said, but in that day, I, actually, I said, I don't even know what to say. What, what do you want me to say to them? He said, in that day, you will say, the day of the battle is here, but my name is greater, and my blood is more powerful. And then now added to it, my word is above it all. I come off the little platform, and uh, I step, it's almost like a, a, a patio on a backyard or something. I stepped off of it, went down. And I started talking to these people, and I'd shake them, and I'd say, listen, uh, we, we've got to wake up. 
the day of the battle, when I would shake some of them, they would begin to respond, well, it's my family or it's my home or my marriage and on and on and on the list would go of things. And I would just simply respond back to them, I understand that the day of the battle is here, but uh, his name is greater, his blood is more powerful, and his word is above it all. Now, with with that in mind, I want to I want to kind of connect it all together. So, here's this statue, and this is where God kind of brought all this to me and gave me this uh, message I used to preach called Graveyard Soldiers. Uh, this this statue in the graveyard, and then this this dream about the North American Church. Uh, I've preached that and preached that and preached that, but the other day in prayer, the Lord began to deal with me and said. What I showed you years ago, I mean, this is probably 30-something years ago. What I showed you over 30 years ago is now coming to pass. You see what I'm doing in the world, but I want to show you what I'm doing in the church. Uh, It's time for the church to awaken. It's time for the North American church to awaken. Uh, you've, uh, You've been in the graveyard long enough. You've stood with the form, but you've not had the power like you ought to have long enough. It's time now. And I realize when I say some of this, there'll be people that will want to come back. Well, I think the church is okay and all. I understand to a degree, but I think that overall, if we look at it, that the North American church has enjoyed the blessing of God, the comfort that we have. Uh, you know, we're fussing right now about the fact of some inconvenience. And, you know, this all this stuff is about inconvenience. And we're blessed, and God's been good to us. And I thank the Lord for his blessing. And, and I thank God has blessed us for reasons. But the deal is, I think overall, we would agree that we've kind of been uh, spiritually asleep. And uh, days, sometimes even from battle, we just kind of in this this state. So I feel like what the Lord is saying to the church right now is, is the things that are happening, they're not to destroy you, uh, they're, they're not to cripple you, but these things that are happening is to awaken you. I need the church to awaken to the power that it really has. I feel the Holy Ghost very strong right now. Uh, You know, it's not good enough for us to testify about the miracles of yesterday and what God has done and brush arbors and and the early days of Pentecost and the intercessory prayer and the old prayer warriors and spiritual warfare. I mean, uh, you know, you can only stand there so long with with as a statue and no life and and you've got this inscription about all the patriarchs and matriarchs of the faith and what all they did. But God is now calling on the North American church. I need you to awaken now. I need I need you to allow my power to operate through you, my anointing to greatly come upon you. It's not a day for us to be crippled by fear. This is a wake-up call to the North American church. Get on out of those buildings. Get out to what I've called you to do. Do the things that I have commissioned you to do. I really think that if we will allow this to be the wake-up call, that we are about to see uh, probably one of the greatest harvests that the church has ever seen, especially among the Gentiles. I really feel that. I think that we move toward the miraculous. I think we move toward the great provisions of God. You know, everybody wants to talk about uh, what God used to be, what he was. 
But it's not about what he was. It's about what he is now. He cannot change. I was teaching this to the church last Tuesday night and uh, online, and uh, I was talking about the proclamation of the angels in Revelation. Holy, 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 the beings, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Whatever God was, he has to be, and whatever he is, he has to remain. It's because he's eternal. So you know what? Whatever it was that they had in previous spiritual conflict, our forefathers that they had, the great anointing, the great power, the miracles that they witnessed and the miracles that they seen, I don't think it's enough for us just to get up and talk about it and testify about it and talk about what it used to be. You have a generation right now that a lot of them have never seen some of the miracles that past generations have seen. They're asking the same question, where is the Lord God of our forefathers? So I think that this whole thing is about awakening the church. It ought to awaken you to prayer. It ought to awaken you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. It ought to awaken you to what God is, that he is our provider. He is our way maker. He is our deliverer. He's our healer. He's our salvation. He is all of these things, and he cannot change. Now, if you're spiritually asleep or you're living in fear, you'll never see these things. You're blind to these things. You'll, you'll, you'll never, you'll, there'll never be any revelation that comes to you of these things. But the Holy Ghost is saying, this is happening to awaken you. Uh, years ago, God, uh, again, uh, I keep referring back to dreams, but years ago, God showed me in a dream, uh, I seen a bed, I seen a man laying there, and I seen an old prophet was sitting in a rocking chair next to him. And uh, I, I don't mind telling you, the man in the rocking chair was was uh, the late verbal being. And I seen him in this rocking chair, and he was rocking back and forth, and he was sharing things of the Spirit with this man. And this man would kind of awaken, and he'd sit out on the edge of the bed, and then uh, the spirit of slumber would come back in. He'd try to fall back over into the bed and go back to sleep and all, and just... You know, I, I, I just now before you judge me too harshly, Jesus told about this hour. He told what would be the spiritual climate of this hour. He gives you the parable of the ten virgins, and he says at midnight they all slept and slumbered. Now, when the cry was made and they woke up, the difference was who had oil and who didn't. So I think that this is the spiritual climate that we're in, especially if this is the midnight hour. We battle such a spirit of slumber. Uh, you know, you can go to church on Sunday, have a little joke, and then by Monday, you, you, wanna, you just want to kind of go back to sleep spiritually and, and go back into that comfort zone spiritually. But the Holy Ghost is challenging us right now. There's things that the Spirit wants to reveal to us. There's, there's giftings and revelation that the Spirit of God is trying to reveal to us and to impart to us. But God cannot do it if we're spiritually asleep or even spiritually dead. We've got to awaken to this. And if we will, God will give us everything that we need to accomplish his purpose and to accomplish his will in the earth right now. So I'm telling everyone that's watching tonight, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost that now's not a time just to, you know, and somebody asked me the other day, said, are you kind of fearful that after all this kind of passes, we'll all go back to church as usual, churches as well? You know, I kind of look at it this way. Uh, with everything that's going on, 
our families, our churches are going to come out of this one or two ways. We're either going to come out more carnal because all we did is just had a diet of Netflix and carnality and movie marathons and everybody connected with God or prayed or tried to find out what he was doing. Or we're, come on or we're going to come out of this more spiritual because people begin to connect with God. They understood God's trying to awaken me. He's trying to awaken the priest of our homes. He's trying to awaken our family. He's trying to awaken our churches and our congregations. So tonight, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Don't just get the shaking of this and the alarm clock go off and just hit the snooze button and say, I think I'll just lay back down for a while. I don't think we have time to go back to spiritual slumber. I think that the Holy Ghost is saying to us, I've given you a space of grace. I've given you a certain allotment of time. You need to redeem that time. That's been our theme for this year in the Bounding Grace Church. Redeem. The word redeem means to make good use of. Take it. I th the Holy Ghost spoke this back in, in, in the fall of the year. 2020 was a year to redeem. Redeem the time. I don't think we've got time to go back to sleep spiritually or to go back to having church as usual or normal, whatever you want to say. I think all of this is God, the alarm clock's going off, the trumpet's sounding, everything in our world right now and in your country is being shaken right now. But it's not to put fear in our hearts. It's to awaken us to do what God has called us to do and to get us into the right relationship with him that he's desired to have with us for many, many years. So to us, I say, yes, it's time for the church to awaken. This is what this is really all about. This is what the Holy Ghost is calling us to do. You know, if we will, <clears throat> if we will awaken, if we will awaken, you know, there's, I, I, I've said this several places and all, uh, this spirit of fear and all this is trying to creep in. Uh, we, we can't do it. We, we just can't do it. There's a double portion generation. It's time for us to anoint that, that generation and to see the miraculous power of God in operation. Not to elevate a man, not to elevate a mystery, but for the world. It's for the world. It's about the world needs to be ministered to. God needs to awaken us to look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. God needs to awaken us to the fact that we were called to minister to our communities and to our neighborhoods, not to hide in caves of fear and dens of intimidation. I mean, that's where you found the prophet. That's what I was trying to say. That's where you found the prophet. What, what are you doing here, Elijah? You're not supposed to be here. I, I mean, what, what in the world are you doing hiding in this cave? I need you to go on down, and I need you to anoint Jehu, and I need you to anoint another generation. So I feel that this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. That it's now it's not the time to you stay in your caves and your dens of fear or comfort, if I could say it that way. But the Holy Ghost is challenging us. It's time for me to anoint. There's a double portion anointing that's coming upon the church, this North American church, or the church in the end time. This is what God is attempting to do. And to those that will awaken, it's going to happen. So you know what? I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how long you and I will have to, I say have to, but uh, permitted to do this uh, on, on this wise as far as online stuff and all. I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not trying to predict. But I know one thing. We cannot afford to go back and just crawl back in our 
beds of comfort or ease or lethargic or whatever, lack of burden, lack of prayer, and just attend a church service. And what can you do for me now, preacher, and how can you help me, and how can you encourage me a little bit So until I can get back to the next church service on Sunday? But the Holy Ghost right now is saying to us, you know what? I, I don't don't go back to that. Don't go back to that. Keep moving forward because now that you're now that you're starting to be awakened, you're going to awaken to some tremendous things and some great things. God is going to take care of the church. His word declares that He's going to take care of the church. I want to be awakened. I challenge you tonight to be awakened in the name of the Lord. Amen. Now before. I, I close my part. I, I, I want to do this because uh, yesterday I was uh, praying a little bit, and this is kind of what the Holy Ghost directed me, and I'm going to I'll do it here tonight, and then I'm going to do it on my own personal Facebook page and everybody that I talk to, find as many platforms as I can. But I felt to decree. Sometimes things need to be decreed, and I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost move on me to decree this, and so I want to decree it, and um, I could, um, in it, 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 it was to awaken the North American church. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. Since I'm preaching to uh, East Wind in Palm Bay, I'm going to kind of change that, the wording of it, and I'll, I'm going to ins- insert it. You're a great church. I have no doubt about that. I'm not here to act, act like that you've never done anything. But the Holy Ghost is challenging us now. So I'm going to say this tonight. I'm going to decree this tonight in the name of the Lord. But I'm going to insert your church's name into it. And I'm going to ask you to receive this in the name of the Lord. It's a real short, simple thing. But it's a decree. So here's the decree. Awaken Eastwood Church of Palmdale, Florida. I say awaken in the name of Jesus Christ. So I challenge you, I decree it for the church to be awakened. This is the time for it to happen, and the Holy Ghost is awakening us. Let us awaken to the great provisions of God, the great harvest. Let us be prepared to do what God has called us to do. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Hopefully this has kind of helped us. This is what the Holy Ghost is kind of sharing with me and revealing to me. And and I do feel a, uh, I hate, I I guess I could say a prophetic anointing when I'm saying these things. I've been preaching about this deal about it's time, you know, the North American church and the graveyard soldiers for years. But this is the time. It's time for us to be awakened. It's time for us to come out of the graveyard. It's time for us to come out of just living in the past and talking about what God used to do. This is our hour, and I believe this is the Gentiles' finest hour. So let's let's allow the Holy Ghost to do what it needs to do. Let's quit complaining and whining about it and the, the inconvenience, the discomfort and all. You know, it is what it is, and let's allow the Holy Ghost to show us what it wants to show us, and let's move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, it's good to be with you, and I love your pastor. I greet him in the name of the Lord. Awaken, Eastwind, awaken in Jesus' name. God bless you.
Lord, right now I pray that there would be a spiritual awakening in the home of every person that is watching this service tonight, God. As Bishop Morgan has already spoken, God, I pray that each and every single person that is tuned into this right now, Lord, Lord, that there would begin to be an awakening in our prayer life, an awakening in our devotion, an awakening in our relationship with you, God. Lord, let us not hurry past this moment with such uh, uh, impatience God, that we lose the, the the learning curve that you are trying to impart into us, God. You're trying to awaken us, God, for a greater harvest than we've ever experienced. You're trying to impart into us things, God, that we can use for this end-time revival, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that in the home of every person that's watching, whether you're driving down the road, whether you're at your place of work, no matter where you're at getting this source of media, I pray right now by the authority of the name of Jesus, that there would be a spiritual awakening that would come across to East Wind family, that would come across every person that's watching this, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that as the Word of God has already been declared, now let it be applied, God. Now let us take it into our heart, God, and let us begin to apply it, God. Let us begin to be shaped and molded, Lord, by the Master Potter's hand, Lord. Put your hand upon our lives tonight and shape us by the word. Mold us by the word. Make us by the word. Oh God, we ask everything in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray for the mind of every believer, Lord, that there would be a spiritual awakening. I pray, Lord, for the heart and the spirit of every believer, God, that there would be a spiritual awakening, God. Awaken us for what you're trying to do, God. Awaken us for what you're trying to impart, God. Lord, let us see the things of the spirit that are taking place, God, in our lives, in our homes, and in our families, God. Let us see, God, what you are doing in the background right now, Lord. Uh, let us be spiritually sensitive uh, to the things that you are trying to impart into us in this season, Lord. We don't understand it all. We don't know it all. We don't know why it's happening like it's happening. But, God, we're going to put our trust in you tonight. And as we are putting our trust in you, we are going to trust, God, that you are trying to do things in us, God, that we can can use for the glorification of your spirit. I pray that the gifts of the spirit begin to work in every person's life that's watching this. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would begin to work in the mind and in the heart of every believer that's watching this, God. Elevate us in our ministries, God. Give us a deeper and a greater anointing, God. Encourage us in our walk with you, God. Uplift us, God. Give us strength, God. Let the fruit of the Spirit begin to be made manifest like they never have before, Lord. Let us be a light to our neighborhood. Let us be a light to our families. Let us be a light to our cities and our communities and our states. And Lord, to our world. Lord, in this season, we ask all in the precious and holy name of Jesus, just as we have been saying these past two nights of this e-revival, after this video by Brother Richie, we are asking everybody here that you would take the time and that you would apply this word to your heart. We are thankful for the preached word, but if the word does not take root in ground, then it will be taken by the fowl or it will be choked out by the thorn 
offerings or it won't be able to go deep enough because of the stones. But if we can remove those things right now and after this video with Brother Richie, we can take 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and we can say, Lord, now apply this word to our heart. Lord, apply this word to our families. Lord, apply this word to our ministries. Lord, apply this word to our lives. Lord, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, but now help us to shift in this moment to now becoming a doer of the word. And the only way that's going to happen is just as we would gather at the front of the building if we were in the sanctuary tonight. Just as we would do then, we can make an altar call in our homes. If you're by your bed, why don't you kneel? If you're in your living room, why don't you kneel? If wherever you're at, lift your hands. Do whatever you have to do to make a physical altar for your life. Make an altar somewhere. Do whatever you have to do to get this word applied to your life. Lord, we ask it all in your precious and holy name. After this video from Brother Richie, I pray for a loosening of a spirit of prayer to enter into the home of every believer that's watching, to enter into the car of every believer that's watching, to enter to wherever they are getting this source of media at. God, let there be an atmosphere of prayer. Let there be a spirit of intercession that would rise up in every heart, in every mind, and in every soul. God, loosen into their homes in Jesus' name. Loose prayer into their hearts in Jesus' name. God, let us apply this word to our hearts. Let us not take this word in vain, Lord, but let us hear the echo of the Almighty in our homes tonight as we make an altar for you. And let everybody say in Jesus' name, right after this video with Brother Richie, why don't we do what we've just been talking about and let's have an atmosphere of prayer come into our homes and let's make an altar in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.